everybody to cast from the crypt the comedy podcast all about tales from the crypt and everything horrifying and hilarious i'm your host cj roby and what we do here is we watch every episode for the very first time at least i do i've never seen this show i was too scared of that crypt keeper bastard but i watch every single episode for the very first time and then we just Break it down, have some fun, tell some jokes, talk some shit, you know. Pretty much solidify that no one who had anything to do with any of these episodes ever wants to work with me. So, you know, we're, we're just over here tanking my professional career, and that's what it's really all about. And what a career it's been. Guys, I've been doing this now for a whole year. Can you believe it? This is the anniversary of cast from the crypt. I mean, kind of, you know, there was that whole stretch of like three or four months. I don't even remember how long where I just wasn't doing the podcast at all. But you know what? I had I had important things. Many changes were happening in both my world and the general world around us. You know, 2020 times made everything weird, but it's back, it's still happening, and it's going to continue to happen, hopefully, uh, through, what, seven seasons of this? Who knows? Oh, God. Oh, I'm just just thinking about it. What have I gotten myself into? (laughs) We have, we're, I'm having a lot of fun, and I hope you guys are having a lot of fun out there so that I can continue having fun with this podcast and we can enjoy it together. Speaking of anniversaries, today, man, we've got... uh, this This is definitely an anniversary to remember. I mean, you really don't forget when, you know, you're celebrating your eternal bond to another person, you know, till death do us part, and you just have to hope that that death doesn't end up with you getting cracked over the head with a lamp and choked out like fucking Anton Chigurh. And if you're the one doing it, you better you better hope that you don't have any nosy neighbors, because that's what uh, that's what this episode is all about today. This is season two, episode fifteen: Mute Witness to Murder. It's an episode that really tells us the importance of that old slogan, see something, say something. You know, unless you can't say anything because you've been just so deeply scarred and traumatized by what you have just seen that you just can't even form the sentences anymore to say anything because all it's all just backed up by the horrific things that you've seen. And on top of that, who are you supposed to say it to? The guy who did the horrific thing who just showed up in your house? Yeah, things things go all sorts of crazy in, in this one. It was, <laughs> like, the whole time I was watching this, I was just like, just karate kick someone or something! God damn it! Uh, it's, it's pretty well, it's pretty creepy though, you know, it, it, it really, it really gives you a sense of dread that, uh, you know, a good Tales from the Crypt episode likes to give you. So, before we get into it, we've got some celebrating to do, and I'm not just talking about our anniversary, and I'm not just talking about the anniversary of the characters in this show. I'm talking about a celebration of people and careers, but only five of them. This is the top five credits of the episode. Number five today is Jim Simpson, the director of our episode. Jim Simpson has two directorial credits under his belt. He's got this and he's got another movie. And 
So <laughs> right before I did this, I looked it up because he's he's on the list for different reasons. But I was like, I know that he didn't direct really anything else. Like, what other dumbest shit movie that no one's ever heard about did he direct? And I looked into it. And uh, his only other movie is The Boys, which is a movie about 9-11. So I was just like, ooh, better uh, tread carefully about (laughs) how I talk about this guy's directing career. So he also directed some dumbest shit movie about 9-11 that no one cared about. And he was the assistant director on two movies that hella people cared about. He's the assistant director on Spice World, which, I mean, come on. It's who who wasn't beating it to the Spice Girls back in the day? And Event Horizon, which is his only horror credit on here, but is a movie that I personally love the absolute shit out of. If you haven't, you know what? I haven't watched Her- Event Horizon recently, and I probably should go back and watch that. Number four is our antagonist for the episode. Richard Thomas plays the murderous doctor. And if you're a big fan of, like, 70s, like, Little House on the Prairie sort of uh, sitcoms and shit, you might know Richard Thomas as uh, the son on the Waltons. Uh, I had only ever heard about the Waltons, like... My my dad loved to watch old shows, but uh, I had never seen an episode of The Waltons for good reason because I was uh, Little House on the Prairie is the only one of those shows that I even know anything about, and that's like that's so little. But he was also uh, he's also Bill in It. He's also Adult Bill. In it, the kind of you know the guy with the glasses and he's all nerdy and shit. Uh, he actually starred in that next to Harry Anderson, who was Corman a couple of episodes ago. So you know we we got some we got some it alumni in season two. I I think we've had actually quite a few people from that miniseries appear in season two alone. Number three is the star of our show, Patricia Clarkson. Uh, Patricia Clarkson, she she had a very recognizable face. And I, I saw her in this episode and I was like, who is that? I can't put my finger on it. She's in a lot of stuff. Uh, not too many, like, heavy roles, you know. But she was, what? She's the mom in Jumanji like, one of my favorite movies as a kid. That was probably why I knew her face, because she's uh, young Robin Williams' mom before before they all disappear. Um, uh, she's also in... She's also the doctor in Lars and the Real Girl, which I never saw. People, people might know her from that. People might like that movie. I don't know. She was in Shutter Island with DiCaprio. Uh, I forget who she plays. I think she plays, like the dream version of his wife or some shit. I don't know. She's the mom in the newer Carrie remake, which, uh, I don't know. It was from, like, 2002 or something. I don't know if people watched it. Uh, And she's the warden's wife in The Green Mile. She's the lady that fucking Michael Clark Duncan heals, So and then everyone's just like, oh, he's a magic man! Like, (laughs) and then they kill him. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that is, that is Patricia Clarkson. So like I said, she's kind of all over the place. She's in a lot of stuff. Number two is Robert Draper, the cinematographer of the episode. Um, of everybody on this list, I think Robert Draper has the strongest horror credits right now. Uh, he was the cinematographer for... Halloween 5. What is that? Is that Curse or Revenge of Michael Myers? I think it's Revenge. All of those, all of those, like, Revenge of Michael Myers, the Rage of Michael Myers, the Grumpiness of Michael Myers, all of those kinds of Halloween movies, you know, are kind of, but, you know, He's, he's got some clout. He's got some clout, which is why he's probably on the episode. 
Uh, he also did the cinematography behind Dr. Giggles, which is definitely a better movie than Halloween 5. I'll, I'll say that, even though they're both kind of, but uh, he's also the cinematographer on the new Creep Show. The uh, the recent uh, Shutter exclusive isn't it a Shutter exclusive? I'm pretty sure the new Creep Show is, but he's doing he's doing all the camera work for that. So um, uh, it's it's something else that I gotta get on to watching the the new one. And finally, our top credit of this episode is Steve Picurney, who's our stunt coordinator for the episode. Uh, so. Look, I was I was running a little dry on credits for this episode. I really had to search. Once we get to the stunt people, you know that I'm kind of digging. But this fool has done ridiculous stunts on a lot of movies. I was shocked. I mean, you know, stunt people kind of get like shuffled around through a lot of things because I'm I'm sure that there are like less real, like, solid pro stunt people than there are, like, people that you can slap in front of a camera and just tell them to act, you know? Everybody's trying to be a fucking actor, you know? But not everyone's trying to be a stuntman, so they get a lot of work on a lot of different stuff, and Steve is killing it. He's got stunts. All right, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rush through this list because he's got stunts on Ant-Man, Furious 7, the first Fast and the Furious movie, Last Exorcism, Rush Hour 3, Bad Boys 2, the original Daredevil, not the good Netflix series he was doing shitty stunts like doing like stupid CGI backflips over Colin Farrell or whatever, but uh, he also did Triple X, Stigmata, and the uh, Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie, which I guess he was in uh, Baby Godzilla outfit and he was just like slipping on ice or some shit <laughs> who knows what he had to do for that one <laughs> so let's talk about it this is season two episode 15 mute witness to murder and um i forgot that i didn't uh do the date at the top of the episode so it aired july 10th 1990 and it starts off with something truly horrifying. The Crypt Keeper is in a doctor's outfit. No! Oh, God! Can you imagine if you go in, you're, like, it's not even anything anything big. You, you've got, like, strep throat or something like that, and you go in there, and you see the Crypt Keeper just just sitting like sitting at a desk or just walking around with a clipboard you you go in you get undressed you put on the gown you sit on the examination like table thing and then the fucking crypt keeper walks in i would i would throw a scalpel directly into his eye that would be oh hell no i mean like it, it and he's he is a walking zombie. What what are you going to How are you ever going to get him sterile? He's going to wash his hands in the sink or like a basin or some shit and just skin will just be falling off of his bones. Like disgusting. If you if this fool is performing surgery on you and like his eye falls out or like a clump of his hair just uh 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 no, absolutely not. N- never if uh, I would fist fight any board of directors that gave him a job. So it opens up on uh, a little Halloween party. I mean, it's not, it's kind of a party. There's four people in it. I don't know if you would consider four people a party. That's like, you know, that's a gathering. That's a get together. I, you know what? Yeah, they had a Halloween get together where they dress or four people dressed up in someone's apartment. And you know, it's a Halloween party, not just because somebody's dressed up as a Viking and someone's dressed up as a prisoner, like on a chain gang, which is a, a great couple's costume, by the way. You know, some people do, like, ketchup and mustard or, like, a hot dog and a donut or, you know, just some some cheeky shit. But Viking and Prisoner, boy, mm, mwah, just excellent. 
and then we've got, all right, and then we've got some other people who are dressed up in different costumes, like guy in business casual and lady in a dress, in just a white dress with some ears. Just, just has ears. I don't even, it doesn't even look like any sort of ears. They might have been like bare ears or something like that. She just has poof balls on the top of her head. So, you know, the incredibly well thought out costumes are one reason, but you can also tell that it's a Halloween party because of the spooky Frasier style vibraphone lounge music playing in the background. Ooh. Uh, but the main the main character uh, Susie is talking to her guests about how she met Paul and oh my goodness if if his elevator was just a minute late or if I didn't almost get hit by that car crossing the street running into his building trying to see when he would come out of that elevator uh, everything could have been different ooh she's she's on some like relationship probability math like some sliding doors shit and uh he comes in and he's just like oh yeah like we're real lucky huh <laughs> Ooh, yeah we are luckiest people in the world <laughs> so you know they just they're just getting all up in each other's shit you know trying to get some play and the guests take off before all that starts they're just like okay uh you guys have a good anniversary, because that's when you find out that it's a little anniversary Halloween get-together, not a party, uh, a simple gathering of a couple friends. It's it's two couples! It's two couples! That's not a party! Um, <laughs> um, so, they those two leave, and Susie's out on the porch, and she's, you know, just... Ooh, just waiting for him to come get me. Ooh, -hoo. and uh, he's he's walking up to her, and she takes off her dumb little ears. That I guess that's the whole costume is the ears. So <laughs> she's she's just in a dress now. But I mean, it's coming off soon, so it doesn't really matter. And he walks out onto the porch. He's like, "Ooh, hey, what's up, girl? You want to know something?" She's like, "Yeah." Yeah, I want to know what's up. And, you know, they're they're getting ready for it. But before the real cupcaking starts, uh, he says that he's got a gift for her. So he goes back into the into the apartment and she's just like hanging out, just waiting for him to come back. And there she hears an argument coming from somewhere. She looks and it's coming from across the street. She, like, slightly below. She just sees in the window somebody's arguing. So she, like, ducks down so that no one can see her. She's, like, all crouched under the, the awning or whatever. Just watching them. And, uh, they're, they're just fucking, ah, ah, fucking fuck you. Ah, ah. And suddenly dude just leaves the room and the lights go out. And when the lights go out... So when she, when she like ducks down, like, yeah, that's a smart move. You don't want people just, you know, like seeing you just staring at them from your porch. If they look out and they're just like, what the fuck is your problem? So like, yeah, if you're gonna be nosy, if you're gonna do some rear window shit here, you might as well hide. And then once the lights go out, she's just like, oh, she just stands directly up. She's basically just like leaning out there. Just being hella conspicuous about it. And in the in the room that she's watching, the lady turns on a lamp. She's like, don't you turn the lights out on me, you bitch. What you doing? <laughs> and he just can't take it anymore. He grabs the lamp and he just domes her. And she drops. Like, he, he fucking... He just, like, not having it anymore. He just grabs it. He doesn't even, like, swing it. He just, like, grabs it from the table to her head. And, uh... So she gets taken out, and Susie's just like, oh, shit, it's going down, holy fuck. But the the lady gets back up, she's just like, oh, oh, you think you can just do this to people, huh? Ah! <laughs> like, she's unstoppable. Uh, and and uh, the dude goes and rips the pull cord off of his blinds, and then goes in there and just garrots the fuck out of her, like, hitman, you know? Uh, so, and 
He it does so like it's it does the the fucking you know you get like the next snap sound effect which I was just like hold on a second so did he did he strangle her with a with a small cord and then like break her whole neck with like how does wait I was like trying to figure out how he did it he just like wrenches her to the side and then just like you hear her neck break from the from the apartment so it's just like come on <laughs> really <laughs> and she sees all of this she watches the whole thing and like I said she's just standing here and then the lights go out again so you know I thought oh mute witness to murder she just watched this happen and the lights go go out and then she's all of a sudden gonna get like stalked by somebody or like you know the the guy's gonna have seen her he's gonna stare out of his window in the dark and see someone directly above him standing on their porch staring right at him and he's gonna be like oh well i gotta kill the shit out of this person but uh, that's that's not really how it goes down. She sees all of this and then is immediately just dumbstruck, pretty literally, actually. Uh, <laughs> and and this dude, so this murder scene goes down and she's horrified, and then her husband comes back in immediately, just like, "Hey there, baby, I got a little gift for you." <laughs> just like, wow, way to just immediately demolish the tension of what just happened here. She's tra traumatized in the three seconds it took you to get her thing and come up with that joke. Or unless you're supposed to be Capone. I couldn't really tell. But she's she's just standing there frozen. He's like, yo, what's what's going on? And she she won't talk to him. So he takes her to the living room and he goes for he goes for help. He he's like, oh, I'll go get a doctor. Oh my goodness! And then he just leaves. Uh, and she goes to the bathroom and figures out that she just can't talk. She she keeps trying and she just can't. And she she holds her throat. The you know the symbol for oh I something's wrong with my throat and now I can't speak. You know, just visual knowledge. Um, Paul comes back in just a few minutes later. And he's like, oh. I got a doctor. Don't worry about this. He's here to help. And the doctor, when they show the doctor, he's like hidden in shadow. And it's just like, wait a minute. What? He's, yes, he's he's here to help you. Don't worry. And Susie recognizes him immediately because he steps out of the shadows. And it's the dude that just killed his wife. So, hey, look at that. He's a murder doctor. And so Paul tells him the whole thing. I went to go grab her gift and then I came back and then she was like this. I don't know what happened. She was standing out there on the balcony. She must have seen something or something happened. I don't know. And he and then the doctor like gives her this look just immediately. It's just <laughs> And um he goes out and looks to see exactly where she can see and he sees his window so he looks back at her again just like oh oh hell no and he immediately just grabs a giant syringe and he's like hey so uh i need you to help me take your wife down so i can sedate her she's obviously crazy um so she she acts pretty quickly honestly and she gets out of bed. She runs and grabs something to defend against him. And <laughs> they walk back in from the porch. And she immediately just hits Steve with a golf club. <laughs> and just hits him straight in his face. And he's just like, ah, fuck. <laughs> and um, the doctor, the doctor's still just preparing his big ass needle. He's like, hey grab her so we can so we can sedate her obviously she's she's in too much of a fragile state right now so they get her they take her down <laughs> the the way paul like he's, he's like on the ground and he like lunges at her it's it's just like a really weird look um but they get her down and sedated and then she wakes up in a hospital just all strapped into a straitjacket. jacket 
and Steve's just like, oh, man, like, I can't believe it. What's what's wrong, honey? They're going to figure it out for you. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. And she's just like, fuck, no, no. Uh, and the doctor, of course, is just like, oh, don't worry about it, Paul. Everything will be fine. She's safe here. Like, we're just going to run some tests. We, we should have... We should just do this immediately so we can figure out what's going on. But, like, don't even worry about it, bro. Everything's good. And then he goes over to the door. So, the door is, like, this... It's, like, a weird central piece of the of the narrative. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But it's, like, a weird, like, sliding door that's still padded. And it has this camera. So, he, like, pushes the button. I don't even know if he pushes the button. But, uh... Uh, he can talk to the front desk. I guess they've got, like, cameras set up in the front desk to every fucking room so you can just see what's going on in there. I, but, I, I have questions. But anyway, there's a camera on the door, and he looks through it, and he tells the desk to let Paul leave. And while he's, while he's out of there, uh, she just bolts after him and she's like oh god please no but they grab her and just throw her back into the room after that they are alone it's just her and the doctor and he you know goes over his whole thing he's like yeah i could explain myself but you know what i'm not going to i've got a i've got this heart condition after after they throw her into the room he he's like held up against the door he's like oh oh god my Oh, my heart. I can't, I can't take this sort of excitement and all this talking. And he explains the whole deal. She's in his hospital. You know, it's a, it's a psychiatric ward or uh, a sanatorium that he owns and operates. So everything that he says goes around here and he can just cover the whole thing up because she can't fucking talk anyway. And obviously, she's terrified. I mean, he assures her that he's not going to rape her, so I guess that's good news. Seriously, he, he's like, Ugh, don't worry, I don't plan on defiling you. We keep that thing to a minimum here at my facility. And I was like, what the f- To a minimum? No- uh, What? No! Ugh. So, like, he was all- Even before the whole murder and shit, he was allowing a little bit- Oh, just a little bit in his hospital and just no it's oh god so yeah it, it it just sets him up to be the ultimate dickhead and after after all that paul comes back to the hospital and you know asking questions but trask is like oh well you know something something crazy's happened like i've never seen this it's insane like we need to we need to study it and keep her here. She could snap out of it. Could be tomorrow. Could be years. Oh. Um, and you know, so Paul leaves. He's all sad because he had flowers for her. Like he just it just cuts to him and he just has flowers. He's like, can I can I see her? <laughs> just I don't know why like they framed him as just such like a doofy fuck actually you know what i do kind of understand why <laughs> um but we'll talk about that in the comic uh and after he gets out of there it shows susie being fed by a nurse and the nurse is like you're different huh you're different than the other ones and she's like yes yes i am but then the nurse is just like all right well eat up then and and so Susie's just all sad. It, it 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 there's such a weird like sound design choice here because when she's getting fed, it sounds like she's biting this spoon. And it's it it just anytime I hear it in the episode, I'm just like, what the fuck is that? Why are you like clinking this spoon against this woman's whole mouth like what is this Ugh. it just makes me so uncomfortable to listen to and it goes back to paul and he's talking to his sister who i figured out was the person who was uh at the halloween party in the beginning it was his sister and her husband 
So they're talking and she's like a hospital administrator or something. And she's like, hey, I've I've never heard of anyone just completely snapping in the span of like five minutes where, you know, everything was just like fine a second ago. You were on your anniversary. You were getting a gift for her. And then she just she just couldn't do anything. I've never heard of that in my professional career. And she tells him to look into what's going on, to, like, investigate. Well, not investigate, but just, like, figure out what Trask's whole deal is and everything like that and what they're actually doing to take care of her. So she's smart. She's the one. She's not just going to be like, oh, you're, well, you're a doctor, so what you say goes. And, she, like, he wasn't even going to get a second opinion. Um, <laughs> so he goes back to the hospital and he asks what's going on. And Trask shows him this big, like, camera wall. This big TV wall where all of it is just Susie. There's, like, there's like 20 monitors there. And it's all just her. And I was like, what? Why is he, like, obviously he's doing it because he's a psychopath murderer, man. But how is that not suspicious that this dude is spending so much attention on just Susie. But whatever. You know what? Whatever. Hey, these people, they don't get paid to ask questions. Not in the sanatorium. He asks Paul if uh, if there's something you're not telling me. Oh, you know, what, what was going on in your marriage? Hmm? And Paul's just like, no, hold on a second. Don't start coming at me about my marriage. All right. We were happy. All right. Everything was great. We had some problems, but everything was fine. And, you know, obviously Tra <laughs> Trask is just like, yeah, I get that. But, you know, the, the first few years of marriage, like all the incessant talking and uh, yammering and just everyone just fucking seeing her all the time. And it's just like, this is your marriage, dude. Don't put that on other people's marriages, okay, man? Like, that's that's the trap that you fucking set yourself up in. And, uh... <laughs> and, and Paul's just like, no, no. There's, it's not, it's not us, alright? So, Trask is just like, hmm. Huh, you don't believe me then, huh? Well, then that'll be all. Fucking see your way out of my office. <laughs> and it's... It's weird because there's no other light in his office other than these TVs and the the open door that Paul was leaving through. So I was just like, you're just in this fucking... Ugh, it's so weird. Everything about this dude is the weirdest shit. And uh, he calls in the nurse and tells her that, oh, well, now I'm going to be personally monitoring this patient, so... I'm taking over from here, all right? And Paul is just not having this anymore. He's he's just done with it. So he goes back to the hospital, and he just demands to see Susie. He puts Trask up against the wall. He's like, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> and uh, Trask tries to take him back to the camera. He's like, no, no. I want to see her. So they let him they let him see her and he goes in there and he's just like, oh god, I've missed you so much, blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, I've just been it's just so weird. I've been thinking about it this whole time and it just doesn't make any sense. How could this have happened? And you know, he's kinda like putting the pieces together and he's talking to Susie and Susan's just like, yeah, hey, bro. And so he, you know, they, they kind of are communicating. He's like, oh, what? Did did something happen to the living room? No. Oh, did you see something? Yes. Oh, shit, you saw something. It was outside? Yes. Was it someone we know? Uh, mm, and then he figures out that it was the doctor. And while, while they're doing this, you just see Trask. He's got another big-ass needle <laughs> just getting it ready. Just like, ah, the assassination begins. <laughs> And once he figures that out, the lights go out and he, <laughs> the lights go out. He's like, oh, shit. Like, hold on. And immediately just gets injected. <laughs> dude, this dude sucks. 
Paul is the fucking worst. One way in and one way out. And he doesn't, one, he doesn't hear this sliding Star Trek door open. And two, <laughs> like, as soon as you hear it's the doctor, you should just be ready. You should just be ready for anything to happen. Whoever comes through that door, you gotta be ready to beat the shit out of them. If, if she confirms that it's the doctor. So... He gets jumped, <laughs> and uh, the and Trask is just like, ah, yeah, congratulations, you figured it out. Hmm, you must be a charades champion, and that might have gotten you far if you weren't about to die right here. So they fight, you know, they struggle, and uh, Paul just fucking dies, you know. He's he's just on the ground, and uh, Trask goes onto the camera. You can't see the body, so he goes over there and he's like, uh, everything's fine in here. Paul, Mr. Hastings has, has gone home for the night, so lock the facility down. And, and, like, so is he the only person who has 24-hour access to this, to this video footage? That, is it always rolling? Is it voice activated by, who knows? Who knows who has the, who has the records? But, uh, and, and so Susie's just, you know, in the, in the straight jacket, she's just watching this and Paul's on the ground right next to her. And this dude steps on his neck and Bruce Lee twists his shit with the whole, like, <laughs> you hear the sound again of his neck just breaking. And I'm just like, hold on a second. This dude has a heart condition, but he's strong enough to just snap someone's neck with one foot, just ah! Like he can just pull that off and just break people's shit apart with a string. Like who is this guy? Uh, and he's just like, yeah, I have to do this in self-defense. <laughs> so Paul's dead. Her husband is gone and she is, you know, she's despondent the next day or whenever he uh trask comes back to check up on her and he's so like i, I don't know i don't even know what's happening in the scene i think she's like getting sponge bath by the nurse or something because he just comes in and he's like oh i'll take it from here and she's like naked with a towel around her but he tells her that he's He's too fragile for all this excitement and all this violence, so he's just gonna shut her up for good by performing brain surgery on her and then just, oop, little, little slip. Oh, no, she's dead. Oh, damn. And I, and I was like, you, you don't have, you don't have the, you're not in the straitjacket. Kill him! Kill him! <laughs> like, he was right there. He's right there. Just start punching, dude. She had, there was like a, a hose right next to her. I guess they were just spraying her down. It wasn't even a sponge bath. It was just a fucking prison shower. And it was right. She could have done it to him. She could have fucking Sam Fishered that bitch. But no, she, um, you know, she, she figures out that he's going to kill her. And she cries out Paul's name. But, oh shit, she just said Paul's name. She can speak again. And... I didn't catch it the first time. Uh, she she just said, she was just like, ah, ah, and I was like, okay, well, she can't speak. Uh, yeah, there, there are a couple of things that I didn't catch uh, the, the first time around when I watched this episode. Like, uh, like the dude's heart condition. I, I thought that it was just pop up at the end because he was just like, oh, my heart. And I was like, what the fuck? But when, once I rewatched it, I figured out that his little speech earlier about the weakness of the heart or whatever he was talking about himself i thought he was like coming up with an excuse as to what he was gonna say about it but anyway on the day of the surgery he comes to get her and uh he he takes her out of the straitjacket which i 
whatever. I don't know the reasoning behind him taking her out of the straitjacket. I I figured that you would want to just like, all right, cool. I'm going to prefer this surgery on you to save my life. I will keep you in this, strap you down to this table, wheel you right out to the operating room. Let's go, bitch. But no, he's just like, all right, I'm going to undo the straps and I'm going to like take this time to, I guess, apologize. I He's just talking to her. And then she just starts clawing this fool's eyes out. She, she goes straight for the eyes too. I was like, yes, yeah, that's how you do it. Now chop him right in his neck. But, <laughs> um, and uh, she, she goes after him. He throws her around and they just start fighting. But uh, he gets the upper hand and he just starts choking the shit out of her. And uh, before before he can, like, finish the job, his heart starts acting up. And he's just like, oh, oh, wait, oh, no, hold on a second, fuck. <laughs> and uh, so he drops her and she's recovering while he's just rolling around on the floor. And uh, he's looking for his pills, but he doesn't have them on him. So he looks at her, he's like, please, Please help me. Oh, God. Tell them to get me my pills. I'm gonna die. And, and she's just standing there like, What? No. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he's rolling on the, on the ground. Oh, please. Please tell them, you, tell them that you need my pills. Oh, wait. You can't talk. Oh, no. It's hopeless. She's like, Oh. Oh. I can talk, bitch. Don't. <laughs> I'll, I can say everything, motherfucker. And so he's just like, oh, well then tell them to get the pills. And she's like, nah, you deserve this shit. <laughs> You're going down like my husband did, you piece of shit. And he's like, murderer, murderer. <laughs> this dude, he turns so quickly. <laughs> but, um. But yeah, so he just he just dies right there on the floor. He doesn't get his pills, and Susie wins, kind of. I mean, she does win because she doesn't get murdered. But you know, her her husband's dead, and like the dude that the dude that she could have gotten like justice from is now dead instead of getting just beaten the absolute shit out of in prison for the rest of his existence. So, you know, it's, hey, she, she got away with her life, and she got to claw his fucking eyes out, so that must have felt good. And it ends, it ends, like, super creepy. She's, she, uh, goes to the camera, she's like, Dr. Trask is dead. Dead! Dead! <laughs> I was like, what is this? Uh, so... That's the end of the episode. Crypt Keeper shows back up and he's in a coffin and he's, he's in his straight jacket trying to get out. He's like, oh, where's Houdini when you need him? And you know what? I hope he fucking stays there in that jacket forever. I don't want to see him on the next episode. I want it to just go directly into the episode. I don't want him to get out of that. He needs to be contained. Oh, he also makes a joke. Uh, well, he, he, of course, he makes a couple of jokes. Oh, Trask looks like he was a villain with a heart. A heart attack? <laughs> Comedy drum track! Um, but he, he says, he's like, oh, yeah, but he, he tried to, he thought it was gonna work out, but Susie walked all over him. I was like, wait, no, she didn't. What? She, she didn't even, like, not at the end. She definitely could have at the end when he's on the ground. She definitely could have given, <laughs> she definitely could have given him the same Bruce Lee fucking, ha that he gave her husband, but, uh, she didn't. So I don't know why he, why he threw that in. He's just, he's just a bad, he's a bad man. He's a bad man with bad jokes. So, uh, that's, that's all for the episode Let's take a look at what was going on in the very, very similar comic in Comic vs. Show. Source material for this episode comes from Crypt of Terror, number 18. It's been a while since we've had a, uh, a Crypt of Terror comic. Um, there is really only a few key differences. Really, the thing about the comic is that the pacing is a little faster. It kind of it kind of just like oh, well, this happened and now she's in the she's in the 
asylum, you know, and now she's one. Like it's it's really just like jumps there because uh, her name in the comic is Pam. It's not Susie, uh, and she's she's the actual narrator of the tale. So you know you get really uh, a deeper look into her mindset and her emotional state as everything's going on, you know, and it kind of kind of helps justify some of the things where it's just like, ah, well, what you're, so you're just going to let this happen to you. <laughs> it it kind of, it kind of goes into a little bit of that. Um, when she sees, when she sees dude take out his wife, uh, it's not a prolonged struggle like she watched. She just like she's just out on the balcony after the wedding anniversary. Her husband like takes off into the other room and she just sees this dude conk this bitch with the lamp and then she's done. And then it was just like, oh, well, shit, she's dead with one hit. You know, she didn't get back up. And she's like, you son of a bitch. Like, come on, bring it, bitch. <laughs> Uh, so after that, you know, it, same shit, he, uh, her husband brings the doctor up there and she recognizes him and she's just like, oh shit, wait a minute, no, the doctor, uh, sees that she saw everything, so he was immediately just like, ooh, I'm giving you a sedative, bitch, and once they actually get to the, uh, asylum and everything, uh, she's she's fighting back and he uh, takes her down, but it introduces his heart condition a little earlier. It's not just like subtle little like it's it, in the comic. He's literally just like, ah, damn it, bitch. I can't take you right now. My heart condition is not going to allow me to fuck with you anymore. So he keeps her sedated. Uh, Steve also does not show up in the comic at all. <laughs> her husband doesn't do shit. In the comics. He doesn't even get killed because he never shows up. Uh, the the whole brain surgery thing still happens, but he didn't have to kill dude. He was just like, oh, well, you're here now. So in order to keep you quiet, I'm definitely going to open you up. And ooh, a little slip of the finger and it's all, all my troubles are gone. But right after he tells her that, um, it's her, her speaking is revealed. It's not something that shows up at like the way end, uh, after he leaves and tells her that she's going to get her cranium opened up, she starts screaming for help. And then she's like, Oh, wait a minute. I can speak again. Yes. And really the last big difference of the actual comic is when dude is dying, he's actually like bargaining with her to help him out. He's actually like, Hey, all right, okay, you, I, I get it, you win, please, give me my pills, I'll tell everyone everything, I'll, I'll turn myself in, I'll do everything, it doesn't matter, I'll set you free, just please don't let me die here on this floor, and she's just like, nope, mm-mm, sorry about that, bro, you should have thought about this sort of thing before you killed your wife, so that's the, uh, that's the main differences between the actual comic, and, uh, what? Oh my god, what is what is that that I see? Uh, oh my god, my neighbor! I can't believe it! Oh, Jesus! Oh, oh my god, he saw me! He saw me! Okay, alright, uh, before I get out of here then, I've got one last thing that I gotta do before I run, and that's Shriek of the Week. So, the Shriek of this week is actually two Shrieks. So, the first is the game Visage. It came out a little while ago in early access on PC, but the full game is about to release here at the end of the month, and it looks creepy as shit. I've seen a little bit of it. Uh, I never played any of it, but I've seen a, just a small, small bit of it. Uh, there's You're in a creepy house, and an even creepier lady is after you. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about its daddy. The Visage is a spiritual successor to a game that's near and dear to my heart. It's not even a game, really. But it's, it's, it's very important to me and to a lot of people. And not at all important to a certain company. But 
I, of course, am talking about PT, which was uh, short for Playable Teaser. It was a game that came out in, like, 2016. It was supposed to be the new Silent Hill game, and it was supposed to be amazing. It was going to be creepy as shit. Hideo Kojima, the guy behind all the Metal Gear Solid games, was going to be on it. Guillermo del Toro was about to be part of it. It was about to be so lit. It was about to be the scariest shit of a generation. But no. No. The the people who made it, Konami, was just like, no. Hey, we don't care about scaring the shit out of people. We care about slot machines. And so they just, you know, the, the whole thing blew up. Kojima was just like, ah, I don't even know what's going on anymore. I'm just going to leave. And they, they just, it was, it was all a big hassle. And it was all very heartbreaking news. But then Visage came out as its spiritual successor. So we're going to see how good that is. But PT was great. I play it every every October close to Halloween just for people who never experienced it. I stream it on my Twitch and we it's a great time because the the jump scares never get old in that one and it's just such a great like atmosphere and playing it is great. It's it's a fun time. So, I'm going to be playing it at maybe right before I play Visage. So, you should come watch that on Twitch and follow me there. So, speaking of my Twitch and my social media handles and everything like that, that is going to be CJ Damoka. That's where you can find me, Twitter and Twitch playing horror games like this. That's C-J-D-A-M-O-C-H-A. Come over, hang out, get spooked, and uh, until I see you or hear from you, and until you hear from me on the next episode, stay spooky.